Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour on a Thursday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And that thing you see outside, that's called rain. Yes, rain here in the Valley of the Sun. And and everybody, we're all laughing because, you know, nobody knows how to drive uh, when it rains here. You know, Brooke got into the office and she was, she was like, it's just rain. And I said, but Brooke, when's the last time it rained? And neither one, we both looked at each other. We couldn't come up with an answer. That's how long. I said, that's the problem. It never rains. Uh, but we've got rain here today. Uh, Arizona, one of the few places rain is celebrated. Uh, and yes, it's true. Uh, nobody knows how to drive in the rain, uh, so be careful out there, but enjoy it. Uh, we we need all the rain we can get. Uh, I'm sure that means there's snow in Flagstaff, and uh, one of the few things you can still do, you can go skiing, right? at least in Flagstaff. I don't know about anywhere else, but the ski resort, it's, <laughs> resort is probably stretching it when it when it comes to the when it comes to flagstaff but uh they're probably getting snow up there 800-951-0592 yes rain puts everybody in a good mood here in arizona allamericangold.com that is the website uh got a lot of things to cover we had uh economic data we had jobs jobless claims out we had in uh, CPI out. Uh, Steve Mnuchin is talking in front of Congress about the CARES Act. I mean, and I, I don't mean to to get too crazy about the CARES Act, but if we really cared, really, we would do everything we could do to keep uh, the most vulnerable safe, and we wouldn't have closed the country if we really had cared. Uh, because uh, the devastation here, and it is far and wide, uh, the the emotional toll it's taken uh, on on our kids and and young adults is has been even adults. I mean, let's face it; it's it's twenty twenty has sucked, right? I mean, all of us are like, you know, here we are, you know, heading towards Christmas, getting ready for New Year's, and and. I think everybody is going to be like, man, thank God that year's over, right? Uh, hopefully 2021 will be a better year, but we'll have to see. I don't know. You know, we, today is the day. Today's the day. Potentially, maybe, most likely that the FDA is going to approve the Pfizer vaccine. So that that's that's uh, supposed to happen. I think today uh, the 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 Pfizer vaccine will get approval. It's so funny because you know we're starting to to hear different things. And one of the I don't know one of our head doctors, you know, I forget if we was the FDA or uh, the Center for Disease Control or uh, I don't. It wasn't Fauci, uh, but somebody other than Fauci. Uh, all these horrible side effects are proof that the vaccine is working. So. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but but anyway, that, that's supposed to happen today. Uh, and, and I'm sure Wall Street uh, will celebrate it. Uh, crude oil is flying today. I don't know why. I can't tell you. $47 today. And, you know, remember, yesterday we had the biggest crude bill 
that I had seen in in a long, long time. And and uh, but anyway, who knows, right? We 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 live in this fantasy land. Here's what we got to believe: uh, that we've shut down the country once. About half the country shut down again. <laughs> right. Uh, don't worry, people still, uh, you know, we got 20 million people unemployed, but somehow everything's wonderful. Stocks are at all-time highs. Uh, crude oil, crude oil's round. I don't mean to laugh. I, actually, crude oil round is a good thing because that's a lot of jobs, believe me. Um, the bond market, right, the the CEO of, of I'll get it out there, J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon yesterday basically said, if anyone buying a 10-year note's an idiot, the only people buying 10-year notes are the people forced to buy them. Don't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Uh, and, and we live in absolute bizarro world, right? And we, uh, we'll, we'll get to something else that you did not know. So today we're, we'll talk about the jobs number, which was just like I thought it'd be. Uh, they acted all surprised on TV. It wasn't a good number, just so you know. Um, but then we're going to talk about the banks and how evil and corrupt our banking system truly is. Anything to save the system. Not you, not me, not the citizenry, the system. Uh, the central bank has once again, I'm going to use the word lied. At, at, and that's really what they did. But they, they misled all of us again. Uh, they are bailing out the banks continually as we speak. And uh, and I'll tell you how they've done it uh, and how they've gotten away. But part of the reason, again, why we have this bubble right, is the central bank. You know that uh, mortgage rates are at a new all-time record low. It's I don't even know. It's like the 15th all-time record low this year. Creating a huge housing bubble again. We've got a stock market bubble. We've got a, a treasury market bubble. And now we've got a central bank that won't even tell us what they're really up to. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. So every Thursday we get that jobless claims number. This was a number that under President Trump averaged about 220, 225,000 a week. So you get it every Thursday. And this is people, hey, this is the first time I'm filing unemployment okay so this is what the, what it tracks uh it's not uh somebody that's uh been on unemployment this is just hey for the first time this is me filing for unemployment benefits last week remember last week they made this big deal about how low the number was of course it was seven hundred and thirteen thousand. they revised it seven hundred and sixteen thousand. of course i told you what a bunch of idiots it was called Thanksgiving. Remember, I did that whole thing. You know, uh, the states weren't open and expect a big number this. And we got it. Eight hundred. 
and 53,000. Uh, the highest number since they changed the way they were counting the number. Remember that going back uh, into September. 853,000 uh, people uh, filed for unemployment claims. Here's what was so funny. They were only expecting 730. These guys are morons. Right? And this is, you're getting your financial advice from people who really don't know anything. Right? And it's amazing. All is they know is what they're spoon fed. They don't do any research. They don't look at any trends. They just, you know, go out there and, and write down a, a, a number that's plus or minus what the last week's number was and call it a day. Uh, but 853,000, you got to add the two together. If you added the two together and divided it by two the last two weeks, it's still 785,000. That's a lot. And here's the problem. The previous all-time high before COVID was all the way back to 1981. Remember the financial crisis and how bad it was? How about right after 9-11, right? No one would get on an airplane and this and that and the other. We didn't have jobless claims anywhere close to these numbers. And never, never have we had it last this long. It started in March. It's December, and we're still at these huge levels. Now, here's something that's that's not good. So we, we know this. Continuing claims rose. In other words, uh, what the government does is they give you two weeks. So you sign up for the first time. Uh, let's just say you did it last week. They'll let you go another week. If you still haven't found a job and you collect that third unemployment check, that's when you get added to what they call continuing claims. In other words, you lost your job and you haven't been able to find work. That number jumped by 250,000. And that's a lot. That's a lot in one week. I, I'm, I'm worried that next week's number is going to jump even bigger than that. So, so that's, that's not a good trend. But here's the other bad part is depending on where you live, depending on what state you are in, for those of you out there that should have never gotten an unemployment check, okay, so you're, you're a 1099 employee, Right, You were never supposed to be able to collect unemployment. And this is why these companies love the quote-unquote contract worker. Because they don't have to pay any benefits. They don't have to pay your insurance. They don't have to pay your health care. They don't have to pay your payroll tax. Right, They don't have to pay any of that. Workers' comp, unemployment insurance, all of these are starting to end. They're ending, they, either they ended at the end of November or they end at the end of December. This week, we saw 1.2 million people 
lose access to money. In other words, the little bit of money they were getting from unemployment has now gone away. It's going to get interesting now. Because Congress hasn't acted uh, and hasn't revised it, what's going to happen going forward? Because right now, there's another 19.5 million people that are going to be losing their benefits over the next three weeks. So it's going to be very interesting. Still no word uh, from Congress. Uh, Mnuchin's up there and, and, you know, doing the, uh, well, you know, the crying thing and, and talking about how uh, he's not a bad guy and this, that, you know, the blame game and this and that and the other. Here's the bottom line. 20 million people need some money. Going to be very interesting. So jobless claims, not good. Uh, the number's too high. It's rising. Continuing claims are rising. And now on top of that, these are for people that normally wouldn't collect unemployment. Roughly 20 million of them right now are doing this. And these are what we call the emergency acts that were part of the CARES Act that all end between now and the end of the year, depending again, depends on what state you're in, but they all end by the end of the year. Uh, 1.2 million people uh, just this week alone. And speaking of testifying, the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee, okay, so they're two different committees. Uh, listen, all these people that are on these committees, they don't know what they're talking about, right? They don't. You should see the idiotic questions they ask. And the funny part is for most of them, you know they didn't even write the question, right? You know they, you know they did it. But uh, they produce what they, uh, these reports that nobody reads, essentially. But they, by law, they've got to, you know, give you a synopsis. Last Thursday, the Financial Stability Oversight Council, okay? Now, this is, this got created not that long ago, this council, and I want to say it got created, I believe, as part of Dodd-Frank. Don't quote me on that. But it was somewhere around the financial crisis, okay? The Financial Stability Oversight Council, also known as FSOC. Right? You can determine what the F means in FSOC, and it's not financial. But anyway, they released their 2020 annual report. And it was very, very interesting because, again, like I said, nobody reads it. And their, their job is essentially to make it appear that the banking industry is A-OK. Okay. Why do we need this? Well, remember... During the financial crisis was the first time a lot of Americans 
realized, wait a minute, maybe my money really isn't that safe. And what are these banks really doing? And, of course, I tell you, I remind you about your FDIC insurance because it's very important. It doesn't really exist. And what I mean by that is they actually don't have the money to guarantee it. See, because they allowed for the banks to be too big. They used to have it. I mean, think about it today. They got like $30 billion. But the 10 largest banks got trillions of dollars worth of deposits. The math just doesn't work. I mean, what are, we, what are they going to go to the FDIC, going to go to the Treasury Department and say, hey, uh, can we borrow $15 trillion? Because, you know, if one goes, they all go. Right? I, and I think Brexit is a great example. How long has Brexit been going on? I can't even remember when it started, right? That's England trying to get out of the euro, right? They can't have, well, they're not, they're not the euro, but the, uh, the European Union. These banks are so tied together. So they created this agency. And they're supposed to make us feel better about what's going on. Let me tell you what we learned in there. They said that the Federal Reserve cumulative repo loans totaled more than $9 trillion from September 17th of 2019 through, you know, I'm assuming through the fiscal year, which ended, of course, at September 31st. Now, we knew this happened. Remember, now, what does that mean? Remember when the Treasury market first started having trouble? This is before COVID. Right? And I did that show where, uh, I was telling you how Bank of America had sent a letter to the Federal Reserve back in March of 2019. Because remember, the Fed was reducing their balance sheet. I, I know it's hard. Listen, a lot of things have changed. You need to understand what's really happening. They were reducing their balance sheet. In other words, they were selling off treasuries that they had bought during the financial crisis. And Bank of America wrote them a letter and said, Hey, morons, what are you doing? We, you can't sell treasuries because come September... We're going to have a big problem. Come September, the banks won't have enough money 
to buy the treasuries that nobody wants. In other words, the banks have a liquidity problem. All these banks, they've got tons of, of, of debt. They do what banks do. They've loaned out trillions of dollars. The problem is, and now remember, you got tier one, tier two, tier three, the dot frank legislation that was going to protect us, right? Make sure the banks don't have too many crappy loans. Of course, what did I tell you last month? What happened last month? Do you remember? Probably don't. Do you? They're like, ah, let's, let's, let's go back. Go ahead. We're going to let you have more crappy loans, right? Because all of this debt's going to get downgraded here in 2021. Don't worry. It's going to happen. So we knew about this $9 trillion. Remember, that was when they stopped shrinking their balance sheet. They first came out, oh, it's only going to be a couple weeks. We need to open the emergency Fed window for a couple weeks. When we get back, I'm going to tell you what they did instead of closing it, which is what they made us think they did right after the break. When are, when are the banks the most vulnerable? All-time highs. Right? Tech bubble. All-time highs. Remember the financial crisis? It wasn't the housing crisis. Dow hit, believe it or not, Dow hit all-time highs after the housing crisis. It was the financial crisis. And now here we are back at all-time highs again. I just told you. We've broken every record when it comes to jobless claims and debt and everything else. Believe me, this report by FSOC just lets us know how bad it really is, but they're lying. They don't want us to know. So let me explain it this way. Every night, if you used your debit card or you used a check, Right, you you made a a payment. Maybe you have auto pay for your electricity, or your health insurance, or your car payment, whatever it may be. Every night, every bank knows. Okay, I gotta send out X hundreds of billions of dollars. In some cases, it could be even a trillion or more, depending on the day of the month. And what normally will happen is some banks won't have enough money. Hey, I got to send out $500 billion today, right? I got, you know, 20 million people that need their electric bill paid and 10 million got their mortgage and 5 million got a car payment, blah, 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 blah. I don't have the cash. But another bank... They may have, hey, I've got an extra $100 billion tonight that I don't need. So what happens is they'll swap. One bank will say, hey, here's $100 billion of treasuries. I'm going to loan it to you. You give me the cash. That way, nobody knows I didn't have the money. And that happens every night. 
But when the banks start to get in trouble, and then the next day it reverses. Okay, so let, I got to finish that part. So, that, you know, one bank, let's just say J.P. Morgan gave $100 billion of treasuries to U.S. Bank, and U.S. Bank gave J.P. Morgan the cash to make all the payments. Well, the next day, U.S. Bank may be short $100 billion. Right, and J.P. Morgan has it, and they swap them back. Right, and, that, and that's just what they do. It's a, a day, every day. There some banks don't have enough money, and other banks have too much. Until the system starts breaking down, and this is what started happening in September of 2019. At the end of the day. All the banks knew what they needed. Hey, I need this much, and the other banks knew how much they had to give. And the problem was there wasn't enough money. Even if even trading, there wasn't enough there. Because what happened is all of these banks are stuffed with treasuries because no one's really buying them at the treasury auction. I'm sorry, they're not. They're keeping enough to have dollar reserves, but that's it. They don't want them. So the central bank had to start buying the debt. You knew this. We all knew this. Did I know it was $9 trillion? That's not on their balance sheet. Their balance sheet's only like $8 trillion. How can they have $9 trillion? Well, here's the funny thing. This went on September, October, November, right? And they were saying, first they said, hey, it's only a couple weeks and it's a couple months. And then it went away in July. So every, every week, the Federal Reserve used to at least tell us how much they were giving to these banks. And in July, they said it stopped. Right. In other words, the the central bank on their weekly uh, sheet said it was zero. And most, including me, most people, including me, I thought, oh, okay, it finally worked itself out. What ended up actually happening, according to FSOC, is the New York Federal Reserve, who's the one in charge of producing the number, simply went dark and stopped reporting how many billions of dollars a week it was funneling to the megabanks. Just simply stopped. Now, FSOC, and I was right, it was created as part of Dodd-Frank. Let me tell you what they're supposed to do. The council, and by the way, every major federal regulator of banks is on this FSOC board. 
The head of the Treasury Department's in charge. So Steve Mnuchin right now is in charge. It's going to be Janet Yellen right now. It's Steve Mnuchin. But the FDIC is on it. The SEC is on it. Right? They're all on. They all know this. This isn't a secret. It's only a secret to us. The council is charged with identifying risk to the financial stability of the United States, promoting market discipline, and responding to emerging risk to the stability of the United States financial system. Okay, That's the quote-unquote charter. Obviously, for promoting market discipline, I don't think they're doing a very good job. Obviously, it's the second time in the last 10 years that they've had to pump trillions and trillions of dollars into these mega banks, right? They're too big. By the way, the last time from 07 to 2010, the cumulative pump was $29 trillion. I'm going to tell you what they did. And is it still happening? That's coming next. 800-951-0592. We're reading part of FSOC's 2020 annual report. And lo and behold, we find out the mega banks aren't nearly as healthy as the Federal Reserve wanted us to believe. And again, remember, there's still a moratorium on all the mortgages not being paid, all the commercial paper not being paid. Right, that ends at the end of the month as well. So this number is going to get worse. So here's what we know: that the number was at least nine trillion dollars through March. And that at the end of June, the Federal Reserve, the New York Fed, who's the one that was doing the operations, began reporting zeros on a daily basis for the amount of these quote-unquote emergency repo loans. Giving the obvious impression, right, that what? Hey, it's, it's better now. It's all fixed. Heck, I believed it. Because I used to go look every day. And then this, this, this little sentence popped up in the FSOC report. And by the way, this is Wall Street on Parade. Uh, the Martins, these people are, they're the best. I'm just so glad I found them. Primary dealers, okay, remember, these are all the big, not just the, the bank. This is Goldman, right? This is Morgan Stanley, obviously the big banks, right? That, that, that's all of these things. Primary dealer cash borrowing in the repo market including the borrowing from FRBNY, temporary 
open market operations stood at $2.5 trillion for September 30th, 2020. So not only is the, the problem not go away, according to FSOC, our major banks needed to borrow $2.5 trillion for a single day. It's just one day. So it's been building, right? It started out, and I remember uh, in September of, of 2019, it started out they were borrowing like like $50 billion. And then it got like $100 billion and and this and that, and they, they created all these special programs. But I thought they said it went away. By the way, FRBNY, Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Okay, FRBNY. You know, beginning on September 17, 2019, the Federal Bank of New York reported this number every single day. Until June, every day, had a page on its website. Like I told, I went to it every day. I talked about it all the time, and then it started printing zeros, which kind of led me to believe. Okay, well, I guess it's finally run its course because they always say, "Well, it's going to run its course. It's just temporary." Obviously, if they had wanted us to understand that not only were the repo loans ongoing, but they're actually getting to be worse, but it simply decided, you know what, let's just stop reporting the number. After reading this, Wall Street on Parade searched the whole website of the New York Federal Reserve to see if they issued any type of statement. Here's what they found on June 11, 2020. Beginning with this month's release, the desk will no longer publish daily updates with the next business day's operation details. That was it. That's all they said. They didn't say, hey, we're still going to be loaning them all this money every day. They didn't say that. Right? We just don't want to report it to you. We just don't want you to, to know. And now we're sitting here thinking, hey, wait a minute. Now would they need $2.5 trillion? And that was a, a, a September 30th. So what that means, again, think about this every night. Every night. When you, when you look at all the, all the money you've got to send out. Right? When you've got, you got to send them out, right? I've got to make... $10 million worth of mortgage payments for my clients. $5 million worth of car, or 5 million people need their car payments made, and this, that, the other. 
They're short $2.5 trillion debt. Without this, now here's the thing. The reality is they are keeping the market stable. Without this, the banks would have to start selling their portfolio to raise cash. Problem is, these portfolios aren't worth nearly what we're all paying. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Don't worry. It's fine. $2.5 trillion. You know what was funny is I went back to June. And actually, I went to May. The banks in May were borrowing anywhere between 50 to $150 billion a day. The first week of June, the number jumped to almost $350 billion a day. And then the central bank went dark. And according to FSOC, on September the 30th, they needed $2.5 trillion. And what that means is it doesn't mean the banks are broke. Or does it? Because what the banks would normally do is they would sell some of their portfolio to raise cash. Hey, I've got this tranche of commercial debt. I've got tranches of mortgage debt, auto loan debt, and, of course, treasuries. The problem is they don't sell them, and there's only one reason. Because why wouldn't they just sell it? Yeah, because that would be normal. The only reason I can possibly imagine is no one's really willing to pay the price that they say they're worth, right? It would institute massive losses. Essentially, you know, this great housing market that they talk about, it doesn't really exist. The central bank's now holding most of the mortgage debt anyway. The banks are like, we can't sell it. That's the facts. And again, all of this will crash down eventually. My guess is that sometime in the next four years, it's going to happen. And this is the problem. This is why recessions were great. And why recessions were great? Because it got rid of all the bad debt. Now all the, all the bad debt, it's trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And believe me when I tell you, your financial institution isn't nearly as solvent as they would make us appear that they are. Thank God they collected $30 billion in bounce check fees. Could you imagine how big of a trouble they would be in without the bounce check fee money? That's a huge part of their revenue now. Uh, but it's something where, again, this is how devious that they are. They made us believe, they made us believe that the problem went away. What actually happened is the problem 
is still there and getting bigger. But since we don't report it, nobody needs to know about it. And that's exactly how they like to keep us, keep us in the dark. 800-951-0592. Wall Street's down about 100 bucks. Uh, Gold's higher today. Silver's higher today. Uh, U.S. 20s at 2,060. Hey, buy 10 or more, 2,050. You buy 10 or more on the 20s today. 800 951 0592. God bless. We'll be back tomorrow.